the Analana's podcast. Wendy and Alana's podcast. Get literary, get literary. Woo! Hello and welcome to the Wendy Alana Totally Excellent Get Literary podcast. This is series one, season one, episode two of our vaguely romance novel two person book club. My name is Alana and I'm one of your hosts today. Today, we are discussing The Madness of Lord Ian Mackenzie, among <laughs> other things. So, Wendy, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. How about you? I'm feeling pretty good, pretty good. Spring is sprung here in Lafayette, Indiana, so it is, like, going to be 75 today, and I'm pretty pretty stoked about that. Awesome. I'm still in my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> still in the pajamas. It's, a, it's 11 o'clock here, so... That's an excuse, right? That's a total <laughs> excuse. It's a Sunday. I'm... Also, my dog is barking in the background. I'm sorry. Yeah, Can't hear him right now, so we're good. Awesome. All right. So as an introduction, um, this book club started because me and Wendy are friends, but we live in different places. Wendy lives in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I live in uh, Lafayette, Indiana. And we met at Girl Scout camp. Girl Scout Camp. Well, actually, we had different names at the time um, because they have camp names at Girl Scout Camp. Um, so my camp name was Sticks. Sticks um, as in the river. As in the river, which <laughs> Not I always like a had to of. like, like a, <laughs> like like a. I always had to be like, no, nah, it's like the river. I like to make myself slightly different. Mm-hmm. And then there's these like six year old children who are like. What river are you talking about? <laughs> oh, you mean the river in hell from Greek mythology. <laughs> Obviously, I'm going to get that because I'm a six-year-old girl. <laughs> yep. And um, and Wendy went by, actually did not come prepared with a camp name, I remember. No, I did. I did. Oh, it right. was just already taken. It was already taken. Awkward. Um, and for some reason, we couldn't have two at the time. And so mm-hmm. you switched, you came with Ducky, right? Mm-hmm. And then you switched to Curly. Yeah, it was a bummer because I have a whole, like, um, character. At the time, I had, like, a whole character thing. Like, I had, like, a slogan, and I had a cartoon that I could draw. It was just, it sucked. <sighs> that sucks. Fucking Curly. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I, I thought of my camp name like you would name a dog. Like, I just had a bunch of different camp name ideas. And I, like, had people yell at them and figured out which one I'd most, most likely come to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, anyway. But, yeah, my mom actually, whenever, when she heard I was starting a book club with you, she's like, oh, with Curly, you mean? <laughs> Yeah, I kind of, like, I stopped calling you Sticks probably at age 24 or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, we had, like, we had both ceased working at Girl Scout camp for at least a solid five years before we started <laughs> referring to each other by our real names again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it um, sucks because I have another friend that's Alana, and I kind of just want to go back to calling you Sticks. Like. <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could make that happen. We could make that happen. All right. Um, so what are you drinking today, Wendy? I, um, I made my own cocktail. It's called, 
<laughs> Nebulous Victorian autism. <laughs> which is the best kind (laughs) and it's also nebulously related to our to england because it has gin in it gin (laughs) it's a gin and tonic with like also campari in it and a bunch of lime nice so it's it's quite tasty i just made it up five minutes ago Nice. That's, yeah, that, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. I also made one, by the way, spoiler, the book this time is about um, uh, a, basically a duke who has autism. The son of a duke. The son well, of a duke. The, bro- the youngest brother of a duke. Yeah, exactly. Let's get it right here, Alana. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I made um, basically a version of what's called a godfather cocktail, Um which a normal Godfather cocktail is two shots amaretto, two shots scotch, because they're also from Scotland. So it's two shots amaretto, one shot scotch, a half a shot simple syrup, a half a cup soda water, because that's pretty sugary at that point, <laughs> <laughs> and then a dash of Augustine bitters. Oh, my goodness. I know. It's pretty fancy. Complicated. And, what is and, your cocktail called? It's called Only Only My Love is Medically Proven to Cure Autism. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> or I called it Sweet Lovin' for short if, like, if, for, you know, if that's hard to remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was saying that we should probably just be drinking straight scotch. Like, anything, <laughs> anything other than that is, is an abomination. <laughs> To all all of Scotland, <laughs> just pure pure scotch. <laughs> yeah, Any- just a gallon of it. <laughs> anyway, so we will put up the recipes for both of those cocktails, which both sound amazing, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, up on Wendy's blog at some later date. Um. And so next, I think we're gonna shout out because Wendy was on another podcast. Look at us podcast people we're so cool i know (laughs) pretty much best at podcasts now (laughs) we are dominating podcasts (laughs) um yes my friend justin and um my other friend amanda are doing a podcast called all out of ideas and um it's talking about like movies like we compare the original movie with a reboot or a remake and um, and this time we talked about uh, Ghostbusters, uh, women doing shit in coveralls. That's that's what I <laughs> the summation of what I said. In case anyone wanted time. a summary of what Ghostbusters is about, <laughs> <laughs> women doing shit in coveralls. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm just excited that there's like no cleavage in that movie, or like. Excessive amount of cleavage. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. It was a movie about people's journeys, right? And and it was about friendship, which is like my favorite friendship. Yes, friendship is when movies are about friendship. Yeah. Um. So I don't. He's still working on it, but you can go to his Facebook page, All Out of Ideas Podcast. And she's working on a website and other stuff. But I will let you know when it comes out because you want to hear my voice, my <laughs> sultry, sultry voice, more than just now. <laughs> the people need more, Wendy. The people need yeah. more. 
Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So, without further ado, I'm going to switch over to talking about our book today, which was selected by Wendy. Mm -hmm. And it's called (laughs) The Madness of Lord Ian McKenzie. And you want to tell a little bit about why you selected this book? Um, Okay, so I... I try to be a good person. (laughs) (laughs) I try to be a good person. And I try to, like, stay mindful of, like, you know, when things are sexist or, like, anti-feminist or ableist or whatever. And I was reading... And I was reading um, this other book called The Rosie Effect, <clears throat> which is another romance, but the guy in it actually has Asperger's. Like, it's not, like, weird, like, fake Asperger's, like, in this book. <laughs> but he has, like, actual Asperger's. And I'm like, why am I not okay with this one? But I totally love the fake Victorian Asperger's autism. <laughs> Possibly is a magic power. <laughs> I'm okay with that one. So I I wanted to read it again. I've already read um, The Madness of Lord Ian McKenzie and also most of the other series. And also most of her other series, which is Shifters, Werewolves and such. But um, so I, I wanted to read it again. And I really wanted to get Alana's p- opinion on this because, <laughs> because apparently I can't, like, separate my love for, like, ridiculous, made-up, nebulous Victorian autism. So <laughs> You just can't get it out of your head, right? I, I just love it. I just can't. I can't not love it. And I feel bad about it. But <laughs> No, never apologize, right? Like, romance novels are not about quality, right? Uh, Sometimes they're about quality. Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) I say really hopefully. (laughs) All right. So um, I have it up uh, as well. So it's The Madness of Lord Ing McKenzie by Jennifer Ashley. And the basic idea Mm -hmm. is that this uh, widow of a vicar who has come into a fortune ends up kind of being helped by this this uh, uh, brother of a duke who sort of who has like is said to be mad right he's said to be crazy and 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 all of his um symptoms are things like he avoids eye contact and he can't see human emotion um and it's clearly like kind of uh 1881 version of autism right but like rich guy autism um rich guy rich hot guy rich hot guy autism Um, the hot part is important. The hot part is important. Uh, and, and so that's the idea of it. Um, I would say, like, in general, I I didn't hate the book for most of it. But I think mostly because, like, it seemed cool to, like, create this sort of uh, idea that someone who's been, like, committed shortly or in some ways may have been kind of victimized by other people can st- is still, like, kind of capable of having their own, like, love talk timeline kind of love uh thing in a romance novel um but Mm -hmm. we were talking and and, but in general it kind of lost me in the end um when like because of her sweet sweet loving like some of (laughs) some of uh, ian's like 
like autism symptoms go away. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the heat of love, at one point he like makes eye contact with her as yeah, if that's like, like a really big deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like anyway, it's as part of kind of like her her like her vagina healing basically um, mm-hmm. of this man. Um, but I will say I, I did like other parts of it. I liked. Um, I thought that the. So there's a whole subplot for... I forget to tell everyone spoilers. I'm sorry. It's a book club. <laughs> Once again, Alana. <laughs> I know. You and I, your spoilers. I'm sorry. But I liked the horror subplot. Um, I liked yeah. that. that uh, I liked that Ian and his brother um, both thought the other person did it and were trying... It seemed like oh a God. giant... Like a giant <laughs> communication breakdown. Like, 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 I felt like... Like, people could read this book as part of, like, their, like, business retreats to better understand why (laughs) communication is important. (laughs) Like, I'm imagining people in, like, a big old cabin in the woods, you know, with with their, you know, shirt sleeves rolled up being like, so, everyone... Let's talk about, you know, Ian and, and Hart and how could they have communicated better in that, in that space? Uh, did you kill that whore? No. <laughs> did you kill that whore? No. Oh, fuck. God. <laughs> I thought you did. No, I thought you did. Like, this is like the parent trap version of murder. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love it because, like, it's so, it's so completely, like, Victorian alpha male-ish. Like, it's just, like, like so the, the character, so Ian thinks that Hart, his oldest brother, who's, like, kind of a slime ball and kind mm-hmm. of nuts and evil, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> killed hit, killed this, this hooker. And so Ian is, like, hiding all, this information needlessly from this private investigator or the police or whatever. And then Hart <laughs> is also doing that because Hart thinks that Ian killed him, killed her. So, mm-hmm. so they're both like going like, I must protect this person I love by not telling the truth and never speaking of it. <laughs> the idiots are doing it to each other. <laughs> like it takes like an outsider to be like, uh, what do you think happened? Uh, that's exactly what he thinks. And then I love it when they get together and they're like, I thought you did it. No, I thought you did it. Oh, no, we're so happy. And then they, like, uh-huh. they like get together in the Victorian way, which is, like, they look at each other and then, like, walk away. Like, <laughs> like they don't even hug or, like, say, I love you, bro. <laughs> it's so, like, hashtag, like, 1881, you know, Duke problem, right? Like... <laughs> Thinking that your brother killed a whore and <laughs> so awkward, right? So uh, awkward. Like later, like they're gonna be like, Hart's gonna be like, remember that one time you thought I killed that hooker, <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't that time. It's a hilarious parent trap type switcheroo. <laughs> <laughs> we have some kooky times in the Mackenzie family. <laughs> totally. <laughs> There's also, like, I think there's, like, nine books after this book. This is the first of a series of a pretty lengthy series. Jennifer Ashley is prolific. I found out recently she has a a pseudonym also where she writes another series. (laughs) 
But, um, yeah, oh man, Hart is also one of my favorite characters because he's just so, he's so nuts. He's so nuts. <laughs> there was like nothing redeemable about it. Like, it was no. very much like, oh, he didn't kill her this time, but like he'd done all of this shit to everyone else before. Oh, yeah, that. he's super manipulative. He's like, his character is like the, the, like, alpha plus like (laughs) super manipulative kind of evil guy Mm -hmm. and he's like he's also a politician which like does not help his circumstances but Um, also the main character beth ackerley halfway through the book well the first part of it is like is like quite dirty it's dirty very quickly right yeah there's which i appreciated about this book it wasn't (laughs) messing around it knew like if you look at the cover there's like lady's bosom you know, over like red dress, it knew what it, it knew. It knew its target audience, mm-hmm. but halfway through, Beth Ackerley um, becomes like Nancy Drew. You know, like, <laughs> she hits, the, starts pounding the pavement. Like, <laughs> like halfway through, she suddenly has like incredible, uh, you know, it, you know, um, detective skills. Yeah, right? that's what <laughs> happens when you're <laughs> when you're a former. Um, when you're a former orphan slash uh, ladies companion slash heiress slash husband of a guy with uh, quote unquote madness slash autism, like your superpower, yeah. yeah, it's really awfully nice that that murder happened in the exact neighborhood where she grew up, and they just <laughs> they just happened to end up in the church where she'd spent the majority of her life. Like, yeah, how did that happen? It's like the only person who hadn't read the Beth Ackerley dossier was the the um, the the median of the house that Mm -hmm. eventually is the person who did it. (laughs) She's the only one who didn't skim that Wikipedia page before (laughs) kidnapping her. Everybody else is like, I know all about you, including (laughs) secrets, including every secret. Like it's not a secret anymore, Beth. Everyone fucking knows. We just put it out in the London Times, just like. Yeah. Hey, guess what? You used to be poor. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> How did you feel about the other characters, Alana? Um, I mean, I liked Hart too. I felt like Cam, I really couldn't tell him from Mac. Um, they seemed really yeah. similar. Uh I I liked the sassy the sassy maiden, the the sassy uh lady accompanying oh, her, lady yeah. Katie. I thought she was sort of interesting. But this book ultimately did the thing that I hate that happens in romance novels where there can only be one actually good woman and everyone else is shit. Mm. Right? With the exception of actually, you know, I take it back because um, the um, Isabella, Max, Isabella is, is, is clearly like a good character in that, right? Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't do it too much, but I hate, I hate it when, when books do that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I kind of felt like some of the Paris parts were sort of unnecessary and were clearly, like, insert stuff about other characters so yeah. that it vaguely relates to the next book or whatever. It totally um, was. Yeah. I haven't like, even I'm, read that book. The next yeah. book is, is about um, Mac and Isabella, and I have, like, uh, no interest in reading it. Mm. I just don't like Isabella at all. And Mac seems kind of uninteresting, too. Isabella seems, like, really hard to figure out, like, what her game is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, at times she seems like she's super controlling, 
but at other times she seems like I'm I'm just like whatever people want to do. Um, like the fact that she just like she just sees Beth and just like basically is clearly trying to use her to get closer to Mac, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but she never gets in trouble for that, right? Nah. Um, which I thought was sort of strange. And obviously, Ian is like some sort of superhero, right? He is a superhero. <laughs> Autism creates superhero. Yes. <laughs> Did you know that? I think that's I in the no DSM. Idea. I think that's in the DSM. Yeah. Makes you superhero. <laughs> because, like, he can apparently remember everything he's ever read. Like, he has a photographic mm-hmm. memory. And he also, like, at one point, he basically learns all of medicine. Um, yeah over a short period and he's super hot even though he clearly doesn't seem to do any exercise Um, and he has like he has like social interaction issues but not like a lot like it seems like the most social problems he has is the fact that he doesn't get jokes and he doesn't look people in the eye other than that he's fucking fine like yeah. he's like a little Lothario in the bed. Like he's just like he's just like I know everything. <laughs> and then like everybody loves him. Everybody has a great time with him. It's it's like interpersonal issues, which I think is like the hardest thing about. Yeah, yeah. It seems like he doesn't have any interpersonal issues with Beth at any point, right? No, no. Like he he's not sure if he loves her, right? And he kind of in a weird way proposes to her in the first part of the book, right? But, like, it makes sense in that, like, he doesn't fuck around and he's a superhero and knew that Beth was best woman ever. So... Yeah. Um, but his, and his, like, nebulous autism makes him better. Like, it doesn't... It makes him, like, better than a normal man. Because there's, like, something missing. And that something missing is, like not loving anyone else like you know, or like loving other people <laughs> like like his his only drive is to like protect her and love her and he's like that's just all i want to do yeah yeah like it's and like girls he fucking hate- love that <laughs> You know, it's almost like they took, like, the Duke thing where, like, the broken Duke trope, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, the, you know, he's just antisocial and he's just very sad. Um, and he just can't love anyone except for one person. And they just took it as far as they could, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's almost like he's heart as well. Like, he's the same type of character. Like, mm-hmm. like almost like this weird alpha male thing, you know, um, that's that's, like, you know is very authoritative despite the fact that he literally is like everyone's bitch in the story right like, <laughs> <laughs> like pretty, even daniel orders him around you know who's uh, yeah. cam's son they're like <laughs> they're like finish your porridge finish your porridge <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i okay i I have to admit that I love that trope. Like that trope of like <laughs> that something missing is the fact that I just want to be with you all the time forever and protect you. I just I just love that trope and I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> well, it's it's Darcy, right? Like Darcy is like that too. Where yeah, Darcy's you... a little bit more Yeah. This is like he's you are like taking away most of Ian's power. Like, he can't even live alone. (laughs) People have to follow him around and make sure that he, like, puts on the right cravat or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
but <clears throat> but, but like he's he's so single minded. Like he's a character whose one intention is to basically like make the main character happy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's all he that's all he wants to do, right? Yeah. That's not that's not bad. <laughs> also apparently solve crimes. That's the so, thing he wants to do. Also, like the funny thing about Ian is that like so he gets paired at the beginning, but you can tell he's the wonder boy of the series. Like it's the he's the he's the one that the author is like, I fucking love Ian and she just like <laughs> keeps on putting him in other stuff, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And he shows up in every single up every single book afterwards, but and then he like says something profound to each of the characters. <laughs> <laughs> and he like he like solves mysteries that he should not be able to solve. <laughs> like he's just like you know, like he'll he'll be able to predict like if somebody's gonna get married or if somebody's gonna have a baby or if they like exactly what they need socially, you know, like <laughs> I didn't know that superpowers is part of the description. <laughs> so he's like really overpowered for the rest of the series, right? Like he's the one that says the thing that like the author wants to say, but yeah. knows that no one would say it. So he has someone. So she has someone who has mental problems say it. Mm-hmm. Like it instead of um, not it's to like, say it. Yeah, it's totally. It's it's like from the mouth of babes, mm-hmm. but it's from the mouth of a of a babe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Uh, what did you think about the investigator he's the one that i have the most problem with um i mean he didn't really have any reason to do anything and then in the end it's just that he was related to everyone involved and uh yeah i mean and he was like I also thought it was, like, a weird move to have him... I still don't understand why the hell he wanted to marry Beth. Like, it did not make any oh, sense. Oh, yeah. That's like, totally confusing. Yeah, like it, like, it seems like there would be way better ways to strike out at someone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, it didn't make any sense. But then again, I could tell, like, the author was really trying to, like... Because the, the main conflict was, one, Ian against himself, right? Like, that he would, mm-hmm. like, mess things up. But... Like, the author loves Ian too much to make him actually mess up anything. Yeah. And so she needed she needed something like this to so that there was other plots. and But it was clear for, throughout the book that he wasn't a murderer, which I thought was kind of lame because I kind of liked the idea of a romance novel about someone who falls in love with a serial killer. <laughs> and that's okay. I can re- recommend a couple for you. Oh. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a genre. Oh. <laughs> it is a genre. But like in the middle of the Victorian book, right? Like yeah. I'm also I'm also a murderer. Yeah, the thing about the investigator is that um god, what was his name? He has his own book. Like he has a novella cuz he doesn't he's not he's not high enough in rank to have a full book but he like i just thought it was so weird that it was like he's the bad guy in the first half of the book and then Mm -hmm. in the very very last they're like oh you're related to us come hang out and it's like (laughs) uh okay (laughs) and then he's a good guy after that like you just gave up like years of like bitterness and and you know just being an ass 
to the Mackenzies, and now you're just going to, like, become part of them? Sure. Yeah. I guess he's more namaste than you realized, you know? <laughs> All's well that ends well. Like, you literally thought this man, like, what, like, like Ian like killed people and you're suddenly like, ah, sure, I'll come to Thanksgiving. <laughs> He's, th- yeah. They still like obstructed justice, right? <laughs> yeah. My mom and I lived in a gutter because of your father. <laughs> I have dedicated my life to putting you in jail. Well, okay. We'll get over it. We'll get over it. I mean, now that you're going to be nice to me because you know that I'm related to you. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. He also has a mustache. My, yeah, my, yeah, his mustache. His mustache <laughs> comes up so much. I kept on forgetting that it wasn't Ian's mustache because Ian totally needed a mustache, right? <laughs> really? I thought he needed a cue, like long hair. Uh, he seems like the character to have long hair. He does seem like the character to have long hair, but I also like a giant mustache, you know, like an awkwardly large mustache. <laughs> <laughs> like you went to the costume store and you you bought a mustache. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you because he's supposed to be nefarious, right? He's supposed to be a murderer. Mm-hmm. I had this moment where I hoped in the middle of the book that Beth would end up being a murderer. Because <laughs> they that never would be a really crazy turn of events. They never really say how her first husband died, right? Like they never really say exactly how that how that happened. Yeah, I guess so. I thought it was like I don't know scarlet fever or something. Yeah, it was like it was like the crop. People just die all the time. Dying, <laughs> dying too young is like the best thing about writing historical romances. <laughs> is that like you can just kill off anyone because everyone died too young of like mysterious diseases. It is, you know, but she brings up a lot of things about him, but never like the fact that he he clearly like died of something, and she. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if it was like, did you kill the hooker? No. Did you kill the hooker? I killed the hooker! Yes! I win! Everyone! Or if it would be like, it's okay, Ian, if you killed the hooker. I killed my husband, so... (laughs) And the old lady, because they also didn't say what she died of. Old age, duh. Old age and murder. She's probably like, (laughs) old age and murder. Touche. Touche, touche. <laughs> I love, um, so I've read all of, almost all of the Mackenzie and McBride. There's also like, there's like 10 books, but they also like, because they ran out of Mackenzie Brothers, They she also <laughs> mixes in this McBride group where there's like three more brothers that we can talk about. So the Mackenzies and the McBrides are a whole series. And the one I love the most, besides Ian McKenzie, is um, Hearts, <laughs> the the Duke, mm-hmm. um, and it's called something like the Duke Duke's Perfect Wife, because he's so he's so like <laughs> evil and like manipulative, and his whole thing is like I'm going to find my childhood sweetheart and make her fall in love with me, and then he like he like comes up with this like giant plan of like first I'm gonna do this with her, then I'm gonna do this with her, and then she will be so like she'll be so she has to like she has to marry me at one point. 
Like, she'll be <laughs> cornered. And then, like, halfway through his plan, he's just like, I love you! <laughs> and then he, he has sex with her, and he's like, don't leave me! And she's like, okay. <laughs> and then they, like, walk out of from where they were having sex, and he goes, well, she said she's gonna marry me. <laughs> and she's like, say what? <laughs> like I love how it's like he's got this whole evil plan and he's like I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this and this, and this. I love you just kidding it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny <laughs> I like it um, I guess my, my one final qualm with it which is what we were talking about a little bit before we started the call is it has the trope of the um, the pregnant the pregnant epilogue which I hate. Yes. Like, a lot of these books have the pregnant epilogue. Just in case, like, we don't want to feel, like, one, I guess to reinforce where babies come from, right? (laughs) (laughs) They've been having all this sex. It's going to lead to babies. Uh All right? Uh, Or, like, two, to make sure that we don't feel like, you know, it could get sad later if they didn't have babies, right? Like, we don't want... You know, since they hadn't had babies yet, right? So they want to reinforce, like, oh, and by the way, they're going to have a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's by so way, unnecessary. Was, <laughs> like, where's that epilogue where it was, like, she has a kid and then she dies in childbirth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, she could still, like, things could still not turn out okay, guys. Yeah, but six months the- in. Six yeah. months into a relationship is not like a. I I love those. Um, I they make me feel kind of gross reading them because they're so sickly sweet. But I also I also recognize how their purpose, which is to make sure that they are blissfully furiously happy. <laughs> <laughs> happy fucking ever after, all right? Because you know, you know that women are not, they do not take that kind of stuff on road. Like, <laughs> we are sitting there thinking about their relationship you know 40 years down the line and been like well this is a tragedy because ian turns out to be an asshole 40 years down the line you know like mm-hmm. like we need that reinsurance insurance as women and women thinkers and so we get to that point where it's like we have absolutely no conflict let me let me show you a bit in the future where there is no <laughs> conflict whatsoever and I love it too because there's books after that that just like reinforce that you know like there's there's a, a Christmas special what the fuck about Christmas specials by the way that's such a weird thing to do with books but there's a Christmas special about the Ian McKen- about the McKenzies and Ian McKenzie is like again like they don't have any interpersonal issues at all whatsoever like, the problem is that he loves her too much. Like, that's, like, <laughs> that's like the conflict of the story. Which is, like, that's not a conflict, guys. Like, <laughs> no. It, it's, it's, like, it's, like, you know, it's the don't ruin my high from the first book conflict. Yeah. Like, and let's like, just revisit it. Like, it's just, like, a best, a best, like, greatest hits version. Yeah. Where you get all the smooshy feelings back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like it's it's totally like I mean the whole thing is a little bit like, um, you know it's all kind of candy right? It's supposed to be like 
sort of fun. And I feel like it's also it's like just an extra little victory lap at the end. Like, ah, so much happiness. <laughs> encore, encore. <laughs> Show us how happy they are. Seriously happy. <laughs> Do not doubt our happiness for one second. <laughs> yeah. Christmas specials are basically that's all they do. They just go through like Christmas specials go through each couple. And they mm-hmm. just go, look, they're blissfully happy. Look, they're blissfully happy. Oh, my God. Look at the conflict there. The fact that they're blissfully happy. <laughs> it's like everyone is happy because in romance novels, people have only one conflict in their whole life. Mm-hmm. Just one. Just one. Every, yeah. And if another one comes up, it's like Murder. <laughs> it's, it's not like I fell in like I fell out of love with you no. or like we have we have differing interests or something no no just so that you can see that like they might be haughty towards each other or whatever but you know, <laughs> happy forever the conflict <laughs> is I love you too much <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love novels all right, I'm going to switch gears now, unless there's anything else you wanted to say about the madness of Lordy and Mackenzie. Oh, just that um, Jennifer Ashley has a Shapeshifters not- series called um, Shifters Unbound, and I just finished that series as well. And if you like Ian Mackenzie and his nebulous autism, <laughs> you can also read um, Tiger Magic, which, <laughs> which is a hilarious name for a book. And also about a tiger wear shifter, a tiger shifter named Tiger. It's it's very complex. Whose only job is to love his mate. So <laughs> he's got like the same issues. Like he just doesn't understand like um like social constructs and you know. But his his is like a little bit like you feel a little bit less bad for not being like okay, now I just, like, romanticize autism. <laughs> His is, like, he's he was born in a lab. So he was just he was just cut off from society. So it may make you feel a little better. But <laughs> also... Tiger magic as well. He's also... <laughs> oh, I love it. I recently read that one again, too. Um, <laughs> but if you, like... Madness Lord Ian McKenzie can also look up Tiger Magic. All right. We're going to switch and we're going to go to Wendy's top 10 rants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so the top, the rant that I have this week is, does my evil boyfriend make me evil? <laughs> <laughs> the thing I love about romance novels is that they always take this character who's like this alpha male who's like, dark and he's had a bad past and he's like he kills people and he just tortures them and he does bad things and then this girl comes in and she's like I love you and then they, they get together and it's fine but like <laughs> is it fine like <laughs> I mean the, the idea behind it is like you know the reformed rake or whatever but yeah. usually when these guys are spies or killers or whatever, they just they just keep on killing and they just keep on torturing. And and I'm kind of like, does it 
does it make you evil if your boyfriend is evil? Like, I know these Victorian girls are not going out and killing people and torturing people and stealing stuff. But they're just, like, letting their husbands or whatever do the same thing, mm-hmm. you know? So I just kind of, I think that makes you evil. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 what? Like, like I, we have I love, this. Go ahead. We have this assumption that that all the women in these novels are good. Like you just you just walk into a novel assuming that they're good. But what if they're not? What if you don't? What if you have no reason to think that they they're good and multiple examples to think that they are evil? You know. Yeah, and it's also like it's also like the this this belief that that the women are good because that they 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 like should be good or that they but but like that their actions are not related at all to to their to to any of the other actions right like they're not um liable for any of the actions they do as part of this right (laughs) and it's like the author is suddenly realizing like wait a second like people are gonna read this and think my darling wonderful perfect mary sue might also be evil i can't have that (laughs) no she is perfect she is perfect and her only problem is that everyone hates her because she's perfect right yeah um and 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 anytime she spends with like evil dudes is just because she's trying to reform them and she's gonna Mm -hmm. magic them towards it and she's not going to become evil even with if she, her like, vagina with her vagina you know she's just going to magic magic heal them you know of their problems yeah that doesn't work <laughs> newsflash <laughs> wendy wendy says doesn't actually work can't <laughs> no magic vaginas not real <laughs> weird <laughs> the reason why I bring this up is because I'm reading this series by um, Janine Frost, which is kind of <clears throat> ridiculous because this girl <laughs> is dating Dracula, <laughs> like the Dracula, <laughs> and she's like overly concerned about like the status of their relationship, like are we steady, are we exclusive, you know, do I get like a drawer in your your bedroom, that kind of stuff, when he's like out there killing and torturing people on the side, <laughs> like he's just like, he's just going about his evil business doing his evil shit which is like killing people manipulating people torturing people he's got a dungeon like where do you stop when you go maybe i shouldn't date the guy with the dungeon (laughs) (laughs) or like at least like reassess yourself and be like if i'm okay with a dungeon maybe i'm not good like maybe that's the maybe this reflects upon me personally like on some level, right? Like, where's your cutoff? Is it dungeons, murders, right? Like putting people on pikes. This guy is like obsessed with pikes. You know how, like, you know, Vlad the Impaler, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like apparently, six hundred years from when he was Vlad the Impaler, he's still impaling people <laughs> and putting them up on pikes in his front yard. Listen, I don't think you know how much fun putting people on pikes is. Apparently 600 years worth of fun. People need hobbies, all right? People need hobbies, Wendy. (laughs) He 
and there's the part where she actually says like he's got a impaling fixation or something like that <laughs> what <laughs> so great <clears throat> yeah <laughs> Which brings us to actually a part we forgot, which is what are the other things that you're reading, Wendy? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'm reading <laughs> the Dark Prince series by Janine Frost, obviously. And they are mm. hilarious because <laughs> I think they're unintentionally hilarious. Like, there's parts where Janine Frost thinks she's being funny. And then I'm like, that's not too funny. But then there's, like, parts where she, like, the girl is, like, why do you keep manipulating me? And he's like, because I'm fucking Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just like keep doing that. Like they, there's no trust in their relationship <laughs> at all. Zero trust. Zero <laughs> Which trust is fine. Like it's, it's fine to base an eternal marriage on no trust. Like they're literally <laughs> going to be married for the, until the end of time. Yeah. <laughs> like, like think about that. Just think about it. <laughs> um, also, I read Tiger Magic, <laughs> which was excellent. <laughs> and, um, let's see. I think that's that's what I'm reading for now. I read a whole bunch of stuff. So, what are you working on? Um, I'm still reading that same Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay because it's oh, yeah. a very long book, but I'm hoping to get it done by next weekend. And I also am reading with my dad. Did I tell you I'm reading this book? It just, like, makes me want to throw up all the time. It's called <laughs> Conscious Capitalism. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's a book. It's out. It was. It's published by Harvard. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it is. So it's about kind of like. Uh, oh, <laughs> the full name is Conscious Capitalism. Liberating the Heroic Spirit of Business. All right. Mm. And it's written by the guy who founded Whole Foods, who is the biggest douchebag. <laughs> like, he literally compares himself to people who uh, saved Holocaust survivors. Oh, through wow. Through his creation of, you know, uh, you know, an olive bar, basically, right? Yeah. There is, I just finished this part, which made me want to throw it across the room. In which he he's trying to show that he cares about his employees, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 so he apparently like started a health program for Whole Foods employees that only targeted people who were sick or overweight. All right, so it's a health program that's like already like a little bit um uh, uh, uh like like you shouldn't like like, make assumptions about people's health just because they're overweight, right? Like yeah. be very also, healthy. The BMI is bullshit. So how exactly yeah. is he uh, yeah. Is he figuring this out? Anyway, and he talks about how he puts this on, the, on like, a food addictions thing. And then the, his, his main metric, no joke, his main metric isn't satisfaction of people who go through the program, but it's how much weight that they lose. Oh, cool. <sighs> I know. And so, like, I'm like, wow. So, um... So, you know, which is actually, like, there, and he tries to make the argument that this is, like, what companies should do because it's better for, like, like, it's more conscious or something. But I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. you should do that so that you have to pay less for health insurance, right, as a company. Like, my, like, that doesn't make you a more conscious person, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's, it's really super offensive. Um, And it, like, 
it's it's really bitchy towards other so it's it's responding to um corporate social responsibility which is the belief that like uh, the government should basically regulate companies to make because they they will naturally not act towards the interests of of people right mm-hmm. like it's so he's trying to defend like pure free market capitalism um which is an unusual move anyway <laughs> it is really he sounds like a douche it was it's so bad oh my god i can't believe harvard published this book like it is really super bad um i never want to shop at whole foods ever again is he um, is he like giving his the gift of himself to the world because that's kind yeah, of what it sounds like it, it is kind of like him giving the gift of his of himself um <laughs> <laughs> I hate those uh, people. <laughs> like, like he also he he also like says a lot of stuff about like you know people liked the original Whole Foods so much, but it didn't make any money. And he has this idea that like in order to be ethical, ethical you have to be profitable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like it's your duty. Um, anyway. And he also, like, you can tell, I'm looking at the book the book jacket thing on Goodreads, and he refers to himself as the leader of the conscious capitalism movement. Oh, he, he's the self-proclaimed leader, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. I'm also the leader. Of I'm, I'm the leader of the Wendy and Alana Get Lit movement. <laughs> I love that movement. It's a really nice movement. Pretty much best movement. You know. The best. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Good for uh, you for reading something not romance novel. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I'm reading it. I'm reading it for my dad book club, and I chose it because I knew it was going to be so bad. And I'm like, I have to get through this book. It's, <laughs> it's really bad. Uh. It sounds awful. <laughs> I, read a, I read a book um, recently called... Um, delusions of gender and Mm -hmm. um it's good if you want to like just hear like straight on shade for i mean read straight on shade for like 300 pages because she um it's all about like how neuroscience has nothing to do with with like i mean like your gender has nothing to do with neuroscience like girls aren't like worse at math you know that kind of bullshit Mm-hmm. But she like rags on these other people who write all this like genderized neuroscience, and it's so funny. <laughs> she she's got like a personal vendetta against the person who wrote the female brain. Like she debunks every single thing. But then also like there's nothing else but debunking. So after a while, you're kind of like. I get it. <laughs> I didn't really think that girls were worse at math, okay? <laughs> that was not really like in my head at first. Yeah. Like you were you were you were not adding, you were just subtracting, right? <laughs> Which is good to do, right? But, you know, might not be the best use of time all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, all right. Well, I guess we'll switch and the next book we're reading at an indeterminate amount of time we may have a special guest. I'm not going to jinx it, but it may be Wendy's mom. <laughs> I have to talk to her first. You have to talk to her first. It's on the podcast. She has to do it. Anyway. Uh-oh. I, I threw that shade. I did. <laughs> shade thrown. I think that's calling out. Putting on blast. That's what it is. 
Okay. We're good at this. We're Whatever good we're doing. at the things. <laughs> I mean, I was throwing shade at your mom if she doesn't do it. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. We'll have to have a street battle. Okay. If we, if she doesn't. Street battle. We're going to read The Flame and the Arrow um, by Iming Canada. I'm sorry if I did that wrong. And it is, we're moving to the fairy world, okay? It's rock star slash fairy world. Um, rock star slash fairy world. Yeah, it says here, aspiring rock star Anita Anika thinks that her life is going well until she steps through a broken portal that leaves her stranded in the realm of fairies, vampires, and other mythical beings. I love mythical beings. Except for yes. fairies. Fairies can go fuck themselves. I feel like fairies are like the, the psychopaths of the, uh, of, the, of the urban fantasy world. Yeah, right? they're not like great. They seem really nice, but... And, and the people that are the most emo are vampires. Let's just be real. Oh, God, they're so emo. <laughs> like, they have all the fears that... They have all the feels that fairies don't have, right? <laughs> but it's all the emo feels. Yes, yes. It's just like, <laughs> everything is terrible. <laughs> and then, like, the werewolves are, like, the comedic relief, right? Mm-hmm. They're also, like, the cute and cuddly ones. Like, I kind of want a werewolf as a pet because mm-hmm. they always like curl up next to you and protect you mm-hmm. that sounds great <laughs> this sounds really nice so yeah we may be doing it later this month um i'd like to thank anyone who is still listening at this point in the podcast <laughs> we see you you know yeah. out there still listening I got you. um uh and any any parting thoughts? Any parting thoughts, Wendy? Um, if your boyfriend is evil, yes, you are evil. Let's just nip that in the bud. If your boyfriend is evil, yes, you are evil. Um, also, there's no such thing as an autistic person who doesn't have superpowers. Nineteenth <laughs> century Victorian England. If he has superpower, if if he has autism, the next question is is like. You know, can you also fly? Like, <laughs> yeah. Best, best problem to have. <laughs> Hashtag best problems. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Also, if you'd like to um, check out more, you can go to GwenWendy.com. G-W-E-N Wendy.com. And there's more blog posts from yours truly and more podcasts soon to be made and more drinks and more drinks <laughs> yeah. yay the analana's podcast wendy analana's podcast get literary get literary woo